everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today at the RIT Podcast. It's Isaiah Diesel, joined with a very special guest today. Uh, would you mind introducing yourself? Oh, I, my name is Jeremy Roberts. Sounds like the price is right. Again. <laughs> Come on down. Yes. No, Jeremy I am Roberts. Jeremy Roberts. And what is it exactly that you do? What do I do? Oh, I, I fish because I'm retired. <laughs> An actor. All right. And I got a very special uh, co-host today, Mr. Jack from Down Under. And how you going, Jack, everybody? How are you doing out there? Good, good. Uh, before we get started, we have a lot of questions to ask you. But before we get started, we like to ask a friendly fire round. And uh, this one will be a little bit more geared towards movies because that's uh, what you do. So uh, you ready for this friendly fire round? Does that mean I do it fast? <laughs> no, I just uh, we're just going to ask some lightning. Oh, fast friendly questions. fire. Fire, yeah. <laughs> if you were going to get killed by any fictional horror character, who would you want to go down at the hands of? Uh, wow. God, one of the questions I've never heard. <laughs> I know, it's a bizarre, random. Uh, well, okay. Uh, uh, the Riddler, probably. Okay, all Maybe right. Because I have a personal interest in why it's the Riddler, Frank Gorshin and all, but yeah, probably be here. Yeah, I was just watching that today. So yeah, you're an actor. Um... Which uh, character, uh, I guess, did you find was really, really fun to actually play, like, throughout your career? Oh, that, that, I, I thought of this. <laughs> and it, it's really sad because it almost sounds arrogant and all because I, I can't pick because, fortunately, I got to do a lot of them. And a lot of fun it was, every one of them. Mm -hmm. um, and I can't throw away the Star Trek because that was the biggest one, you know, to be... But man, because <laughs> this is I terrible. Got the hard question straight off the bat. Sorry about that, mate. Well, who do you who do you believe are the top three, in your own opinion, of uh, greatest uh, directors of all time? Well, I loved John Ford throughout my childhood. Okay, I loved John Ford and uh, Stanley Kubrick. Kubrick. Um, and oh, only because I guess I was in it, but I I, I love. Uh, Wes Craven, I would have said Quentin Tarantino, but I, I like Craven. Wes Craven. Yeah. Throwing you know a little what? horror. Yeah, you know what? So whenever I ask the horror question, everyone's always thrown off because they're like, what kind of question is that? And almost everybody says the uh, Freddy Cougar. So that's Wes Craven. But um, real quick, uh, The People Under the Stairs, that was one of the scariest movies I saw growing up. That and Children of the Corn. Those <laughs> movies like, gave me nightmares. <laughs> because for for the most part with the children of the corn like that could have totally happened like just kids going crazy or berserk the indian was a little out there but um but uh, but also uh people under the stairs that was like the scariest thing because that could have actually happened you know and that actually stuff actually does it uh, does actually happen in the world so oh yeah with people under i mean oh yeah and the thing about the children of the corn you mentioned is that uh, the first one, my first girlfriend, and when I went to a Valley College in California, I was like uh, 25. My first girlfriend, that's the one thing she did when she was younger. She was in Children of the Corn. Which You're I, kidding I me. That's interesting. Yeah. She played one of the little girls in it. And oh, my I ended God. up falling in love with her and, you know, but we didn't get married. But still. That is a, that she is was a, in Children of the Corn. That's why. That is a great, that is a great story. All right, so if, if you wouldn't mind, we, we, what we like to do is we like to, if you could just give us like a two-minute uh, football drill. You guys 
not football and soccer. Uh, he's from Australia. So football, football is it like American football? A two-minute warning. Just give a quick rundown of your uh, your uh, history, and then uh, you can talk about your early life or whatever. And then we'll get really deep into uh, into your career. Yo, when do I start? Now, and oh, I, uh, okay. we're hitting time. Go. Uh, I never wanted to be an actor till I was uh, twenty-five. Did a favor for somebody in a tiny little seat theater. Found it like God. I got to do this. Went to school. Uh, and I auditioned for American Conservatory Theater, one of the best in the country at the time, on, on, on uh, St. Patrick's Day. Two weeks later, I get accepted on April Fool's Day, which I thought was curious <laughs> and funny. Someone's making a joke, but it's, and this isn't funny. But I got in. I made it through the whole class. I graduated with uh, four years later with Annette Benning, when, when we were the two that graduated. Went on to do Shakespeare in many places and other plays. And... Then went to Hollywood, said it's time. And uh, I, they told me I had to send 300 resumes to pictures and out to agents and casting directors. Oh, hundreds at the time. They were, it was a composite. You had to do this. It's a whole different world now. But I went, wow, ah, that just arrogantly sounds a little bit hard. So I just did a showcase and the agent came. Many of them watched it, saw me, brought me in. And two weeks later, I was robbing John Ritter in a sitcom called Hooperman. <laughs> And I, boom. And then I just kept, I kept doing it. And I wanted to be, I, I didn't ever want to be famous, which is odd for somebody who's in Hollywood. <clears throat> I just wanted to be guest stars. I figured people like Ward Bond and uh, Barry Fitzgeralds and the old character actors of Lon Chaney, and they just always worked. You were in everything. And that's all I wanted. I didn't want to be Gary Cooper or wow. you know, other handsome guys. <laughs> yeah all right and uh let me ask you jack real quick uh, are you a star trek are you a trekkie or are you uh is, is there a, is there a name for the star wars guys is the um, force with you yeah is it what I, I remember watching like fanboys and it was like the star trek versus the star wars things um i personally i know this is gonna sound really bad i i don't watch it i got friends that really get into it mm -hmm. but yeah i know it's crazy right it's <laughs> yeah. like Jeremy's like, where's the disconnect button? How do we boot this guy out of the Yeah, club? yeah. Talk to this person, he has no clue. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, any chance you ever saw the um, the guy who did Triumph, the insult dog? Oh, is it on the internet? Um, oh, wait, I do Conan know that. O'Brien, uh, Conan O'Brien. He's a little dog. Yes, little I have. Camp. I have seen it. Well, well he goes yeah. to the opening of, of a Star Wars thing, and uh, <laughs> this is, God, this is so funny. <laughs> But the Lenoy, what's his name? Um, Spock, what's that guy's name? Leonard Nimoy. Nimoy, Nimoy, okay. Mm -hmm. So he shows up and he's like flipping everyone off. He's going down there. <laughs> they were so upset that he, it was classic, so. <laughs> hey, right, you don't uh, make fun of, you don't make fun of the Spock, man. Yeah. All right, uh, Jack, you got, you got a few questions for him? Uh, I guess so throughout your, um, your career, um, I mean, would you name three people um, that you're just absolutely like humbled by just get to meet that just, you know, you would go and spend a day and have coffee with, you know, like. Oh, God. That, that, again, uh, I know there's almost, probably so almost many, impossible yeah. mm -hmm. because yeah, I was lucky enough for my career to get into so many things. I didn't just get a part in something and it wasn't large, like it's under five, maybe a small, I could be an extra in it, but like Christmas yep. Vacation. Or I didn't just get into a movie about Christmas. Oh, it was a National Lampoon series. Or mm -hmm. 
I got into a Herbie Fully Loaded. I got to mess around with the, the love bug. When I was a kid, I watched these movies. And here I am getting to be in one. And it's just blow my mind. But uh, I think specifically because I like, uh, I loved Lonesome Dove. I was doing a series in uh, Texas, on, in Willieville, actually one of Willie Nelson's, it's his town home, made out of, you know, for old town. And boom, I'm doing this series. Uh, we've got this, and I got to meet, I had to ride a horse down through the town and the, the writer of it, Bill Whitliffe, was friends with uh, Duvall, Tommy Lee Jones and Robert Duvall, who were in wow. Lonesome Dove. And I loved that. And here they are on the corner watching this sh shot of me playing this character racing in the town, whipping that horse on the way, just full bore. And I have to pull it up and jump off like I've been doing it all my life. <laughs> and as usual, like an actor does, he lies in his resume. And I told him I could ride and <laughs> I couldn't. But I was going to do that no matter what because Tommy Lee Jones is over there and mm -hmm. there's Robert Duvall. And, I'm gonna, yeah, wow. and I did it, pulled it up, jumped off, said the line, cut. Great. Is it great for you? I'm yeah. And I was, yeah, they were watching. They were watching. Mm -hmm. Cool. Then I got to have lunch with them and, uh, and it was just a gusher. I'm getting chills. Wow. Yeah, yeah I was... So recently, you've you've been asked to come on quite a bit of podcasts. Is that right? Right, because I've been retired twelve years ago. I just I was ready to uh, try something else, and my parents got ill in Alabama, and I went back and lived there for five or six years, which is the greatest time of my life because I got to be with them. I mean, unfortunately, for the last years of their life, but um, it was wonderful. And then I moved back and was going to start going back into it after a few years and the pandemic kind of and then it's going away and I'm I thought well it's time to go back mm -hmm. and uh put it out there and my wife was part of a Christmas vacation club and introduced me to them and Star Trek and everybody went nuts and da -da -da -da. next thing you know, I'm doing a lot of podcasts they're yeah. asking I went sure so, I don't, why are you even asking me because I'm so a part is like there's no small part only small publicist i realized but yeah <laughs> uh, they were, were very they're not huge i'm not i'm not carrying the show and i never really wanted to but i get a, hey, a great life out of it. speaking of carrying you did actually carry and throw jim carrey oh another great time oh. you threw him oh i did oh, it was fabulous we had to but, keep doing it too <laughs> i say how many people how many people can say they threw a jim carrey but watching that or wanted that, to <laughs> because actually uh, I've, I've seen that movie many times with my family uh with my wife and like what did you throw him down on because it, it, it on this he just gets right back was did they cut that like was that just a cut or did we just did you throw him on a mat or something like that no the hard ground he, he wanted it to be no he was a, a very cushioned uh fall pad that he could he could he was jumping up at every time. I, I spent two weeks on that, and I shouldn't have only worked three days because the director, I had blonde hair, white blonde. Yeah. And he said, that, I like that look. So I'm in the trailer for two weeks, and they, they're not getting to me. They finally get the scene. But I already got to spend two weeks on the set with this genius who couldn't, couldn't not be funny. It, it <laughs> yeah. killed him. I mean, I grew up with Jonathan Winters. I don't know if you know, remember him. Jonathan Winters was a very, very funny comedian on Johnny Carson all the time, or Jay Leno, and he had his own show, and he was improv, brilliant, like Carrie and Robert William, Robin Williams. But we would have days where he would, one, once on the set of the Copacabana, uh, that old club in LA we were shooting yeah. at, 
Yeah. He is going down these stairs and he starts singing an aria. And I, for some reason, going with him, doing this, Donne fa mobile, <laughs> and all of a sudden we're singing. And God, I'm, kind of, I'm getting chills about myself. <laughs> wow. Fun. Actually, what? Uh, I went into Egypt, actually, and right in the in the Sinai um the, the Sinai area right there, right when it'd be crossover from Israel, there's like this Egyptian like pharaoh like hotel. It's pretty cool. It's like a pyramid and everything. But uh they actually have like uh at the counter they have this this picture of the 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 owner and Jim Carrey because apparently he went and stayed through there uh, one night. So, all right, uh, you got another one, Jack. Um, I'm just I'm ID IMDb and you like you know everybody <laughs> everybody does. Um, I had to and, do I had to also do myself because I'd forgotten because most of my career I had a problem watching myself. I just couldn't see it because I would look at it and go, I, gosh, I suck. I know. I cannot act. What is wrong with me? But then they keep hiring me, so I said, I can't be objective, obviously, so I just won't watch it. A lot of actors have that problem. But I'm getting over it more now because I've had to go back and look, and people have questions about, because they find out they go go to IMDb, and instead of just Star Trek, they go, man, he was in all these shows I grew up with. I mean, that's oh, right. Dennis and Buffy and blah, blah. And, and you it, got dissed by yeah. Whoopi Goldberg. Yeah. He dissed yeah. you pretty hard. So, what was that like? Can you tell us a little bit about? Because yeah. actually, but the that nun, movie, but the nun still, after did come on to me. What was that? But the nun after her did come on to me. Oh yeah, right. So, a so nun. that was a movie that I remember seeing with my family. It was like just one of those parts of my childhood. It was so um, it was so memorable. But uh, can you tell us any any memorable things from that? Any 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 fly on the wall? funny stories no, about no, that uh, I heard I'm sure she was funny too oh yeah early on I mean in my career your know, career so funny I have one I know but it just you think you should be a star but I, I never wanted that uh-huh. but uh but I did I never lost that feeling the fan thing so because I always ended up meeting or working with amazing huge I mean, doing a scene with Dick Van Dyke come on I'm yeah. freaking out going that's the guy that da 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 you know, that would be aspirations to be in, in Hollywood. That's sort of the central place. Yeah, I, I'm, I retired. And at that time is when everything started to change. I, I talked to buddies who are in shows, mm-hmm. uh, in series regulars, and they said, it's different now. You don't go and have an audition. You hold this phone and you have a green screen and you do this whole, mm-hmm. and you do it at home and, mm-hmm. and there's no pictures and resumes. It's on, it, oh, I, I don't understand the whole internet thing. Wow. So it's new to me. So now I'm in this. Uh, I've never done this in my life. I didn't take interviews before because I wasn't, who would be interested? Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden now there's podcasts and more chance to get you out there. But I don't know how I, I my agent was 15 years or 12 years ago. So I don't even know how to get one anymore. Mm. But I don't have a, a lack of 
then the internet, my wife has heard something called we auditions and most of the actors that are still trying to work are in on it and it helps them market. And, and I'm, it's new to me. I mean, okay, I'll, I'll do that. But I think I might have a resume that at least will help me a little bit yeah. to get in the door. I hope. Have you ever done any filming overseas um, oh, yeah. at all? Yeah. yeah. One yeah. of the best times, best times. That was one of the reasons I love being an actor because not to, well, not to act, but, you get to travel. And they pay they for it. Send you first class and they pay you. Yeah. <laughs> what is this? I know. <laughs> In, any chance you've ever seen um, Squid Games? No, but my wife and daughter are telling me it's, I better get on it because yeah, you better. they so just we, adore it. They love we it. We actually just interviewed uh, four of the guys off of uh, Squid Game. Yeah. Yeah. And um, for the characters. And one of the guys is named Jeffrey Giuliano. Um, he does work uh, here in asia but he was talking about how hard it is to get work in hollywood versus here so uh, maybe i connect you with him maybe maybe um south korea i mean south korea is the place right now for film we just won the uh best picture of the uh the award uh, yeah. uh the right oscar uh, with uh parasite and and now uh squid game just became the highest uh, grossing or the highest uh streamed show of all time in like a month like uh that's kind of uh, ridiculous but you had actually mentioned that uh new zealand was uh, that you spent some time down there and everything i've heard from everybody who's been there it's been unequivocal everyone who has been to that country has says that new zealand is the most beautiful country they've ever seen yeah. so uh yeah. could you vouch oh yeah I, I, I we i went there four times with the show hercules and xena two each and mm -hmm. great uh, of the people and the, we travel all over it couldn't be any more beautiful and we were ready to move i mean we tried i was thinking i can work there as an actor and mm -hmm. and then it just I kept working and kept going so i couldn't leave and then we just you know had children and it's just your life goes on and now we're <clears throat> not to bring politics into it but the last four years we were ready to move so <laughs> if it doesn't get better and, you know, we don't start seeing morality in people than getting out. Something's wrong. Yeah, yeah which, yeah. Uh, so yeah, you're in Hollywood at the moment, living there. Yeah, and up the coast, uh, about an hour out of uh, L.A., Ventura. Yep, yep. That's, okay, that's new. Uh, yeah. Near Santa Barbara's. Off the 126, right? I think. I just go up the coast, the one, all the way. The 101, 101? When we come back down to L.A., the one. Yeah, my sister went to school in... Uh, UCSB. So, and my sister, my younger sister, went to the community college there, so I'm familiar with that area. But, uh, yeah, actually, so I didn't want to. Um, we just change this up for a minute. Um, we normally talk. Um, so, so this podcast, uh, it's not, uh, it's not really, you know, it, it's not a debate channel. But we also do like to talk about some other topics, such as uh, politics and and religion. Uh, but we do so in like just a very respectful way. I normally have an atheist co-host, but my atheist co-host is actually in Scotland right now. So that's another beautiful place. Uh, I would love to. Oh, sure. <laughs> so uh, would would you mind? Uh, would you would you if you're? By the way, this is not live, so if you, you don't want to talk about anything, just say I don't want to talk about that. But um, would you mind telling us if you have any kind of a, a political or religious uh, affiliation association? Like a no, I, I I'm I'm kind of in the middle of my. I'm not an atheist. I, I grew up Methodist and had to go to church every Sunday, and they taught me how to hate it. 
Yeah. Then, um, <laughs> wow. Now I'm just a spiritual person. And, you know, I, I, I read a lot of English history and the Crusades and it kind of turned me off to religion, mm -hmm. church itself. And then, of course, priests come in and screw around, right. ruin it all. So I, I'm a spiritual person, mm -hmm. but I don't. I, my wife just found out she's Jewish more than she thought. So we're looking into that whole thing. But, you know, love the food. Just I got kidding. this uh, tattoo right here. I got this uh all right. My mom and I, we got uh, matching tattoos over our hearts. And, and I do want to say this. I, I was listening to you talking about spending time with your with your parents. And you're saying, oh, that's kind of unfortunate. But, man, I will tell you this. My mom, out of nowhere, died on my birthday here in South Korea. So oh. it was like a double, triple whammy. One, your mom dying. Two, on your birthday. Three when you're in another country. So I couldn't even, I had to get everything finalized here. It took, it, it took me a week to even get back here. So like, uh, we never really, if you got to spend that time uh, with, right. with your mom, that is such a, I mean, I wish I would, I was just talking to someone um, just a couple of days ago. Well, actually just, just this morning about how his, his wife's mom, mom died and uh, in his house, but she was on hospice. And I said, well, that's just such a, that's such an amazing that you had that, you know, the last time. It's crazy how the cycle of life works, right? Because they take care of you when you um, can't take care of yourself. Um, we just had a, our daughters three. And um, you said you had uh, multiple kids. I know you have one daughter. No, I have uh, one daughter. Okay. And I have multiple animals. Animals. <laughs> Lots of animals. Cats, dogs. We had a, we raised horses, uh, thoroughbred horses for a while and from fold and then give them off and then they ruin them turn them into racehorses uh cats dogs chickens everything but not now now it's just down to cats and jackie you got a question about religion or, or God oh or and uh, no religion i just uh, no no politician i i, I never I, when i'm rich i'm a republican and when i'm poor i'm a democrat <laughs> and so i really wasn't any of them i don't approve of them because they don't do anything for us so i generally don't like them except for the last four years when Republicans who are Christians that have values and Ten Commandments believers go the other way and vote for horror and keep it in office and ruin our lives. I, I have to go against Republican big time. That's my preacher speech. Yeah, Sorry. and real quick, real quick, one thing. Um, we actually just interviewed a former Nazi who was actually one of the people at the Charlottesville um, protest on the side of the Nazis, like actually got into a fight there. And a gentleman by the name of Daryl Davis. Have you ever heard of this guy? Uh, doesn't ring a bell. He's a black man who befriends KKK and um, Nazis. And the, these guys are like, they really, they really like this guy. But through love and compassion, he was actually able to deconvert like hundreds of them. So that guy is coming onto the, onto the podcast oh. here. Well, I can only hope that would do. Yeah, I can only hope. It is very discouraging to start uh -huh. seeing in four years. You seem like a country going way back, going back to the 60s. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, what? We do talk to a lot of atheists on the channel. And so I've asked them, you know, like, what is it like if you're kind of like, oh, I don't, I'm not sure if I believe in God or I'm not sure if I don't believe in God. Like, let's say you're agnostic. An agnostic. Yeah. You're kind of like in the middle and then you have Christians going along with that kind of behavior. Like, does that just kind of say, like, 
uh, this is probably not the right way. Uh, do, do you have those kind of reactions? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, I'm not sure if I got that right. Agnostic. Um, agnostic means agnostic you like, don't really know. believes there's something, but you don't know what. And that's more of an agnostic view. Like you believe like a higher power, but mm, in right. your mind, you're not determined. It's not, you know, it's not a Jesus, not a Allah. It's a, it's, I'm more it, of the belief. I'm more of the belief that says you can put both of them together if it's possible. You take science, mm -hmm. science and Christian. I mean, maybe it took him uh, six million years. You want to call it seven days, fine. But it took God that long and that many mistakes. And he finally got it from this to amoeba, mm. to frog, to person, to ape, to man. That's how it, it happened. Wow. And they could both work together. It yeah. just took him a lot longer than you think. And he's not, he, if you read the Bible, it says he, he, he did this of you. And Adam and Eve, we're going to go by the Bible and believe it all. Then he said, you've got your own free will mm -hmm. and you don't want to do what I say. Then, and then I'm, you're on your own. And that's yeah. what's happening. And, and constantly trying to say it's, it's a miracle. And the devil did that. Yeah. But I Christ, oh, he would never kill millions of children with cancer. Come on. He's not helping us anywhere here. So stop it. I mean, I don't know. So there might be some kind of... Uh, there is also like a term which is called a deist, which is like you believe in God, but then you kind of believe like, okay, maybe he just stepped away or maybe he got occupied or something else. So there, there are various different uh, degrees of belief or non-belief. But uh, we do want to get back over to uh, film. And I do want to ask you something. Um, why do you think that film is so powerful? Um, there's, something there's something special about music and film. And uh, what are your thoughts on that? Certainly moves me. I mean, I... Uh... Have you seen Rudy? Is that one of your films? Yeah, 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 Rudy. yeah. I can't yeah, not fall yeah, through that. But at the end, just lose it because, or um, this is just because it's in my. <clears throat> I got into that school acting I was telling you about, and mm -hmm. right before that summer was coming out of a, a musical called or a movie called Fame. I didn't know what it was about other than kids in school. I saw it and. I believed in my soul that that was what my schooling was going to be like. Every day I was going to be dancing, singing in the streets. And, and I was just so jacked up by that film. that I, And I got to San Francisco and it was exactly like it. Exactly. We didn't dance in the streets, but we danced in the, in the classrooms. I went tap, jazz, ballet. I mean, I was inspired by that movie, even though I was already going. But I mean, it can, I mean, people love our love actually. You watch that? It's filled with weepy love, actually, mm -hmm. stuff. And why do people crying? Why, why do you feel so much when these scenes go by? Or, I, I, it's a wonderful way to make people feel good. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, otherwise. Yeah, and I was talking about music, and uh, music helped me with a lot of depression in my life. And actually, Jack actually can see the drums right there. He's got them in the background. But, oh, um, I did. It's packed up. <laughs> it's packed up. Well, but if you watch a movie like Braveheart, and whenever they have, like, there's a soundtrack and it just makes you feel like what's going on in there. That, that's, that's so amazing, right? No, oh, and when you have music and a soundtrack that uh, you, that is ruining the film, you can tell the difference between that. It, turn it off. Why do you have so much music? You don't believe, you trust the acting? Uh, but then, you, I, then when they can put in something like The Godfather does, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. just, I, oh, amazing. Yeah. I, I got a very interesting question for you, Jeremy. Now, myself, I'm a bit of a movie buff. You know, I like a lot of the 80s, 90s. I watched a heap of films. 
And, you know, I guess in a sense of it, if like I spent a day, you know, on like the set and sort of seen it, you know, like I tend to get immersed in my movies and that's what, that's what the industry, well, that's what people, that's why, you know, movies are created to be immersed in, but sort of being in the, in the industry, sort of knowing behind the scenes, does it sort of take that little bit away when you sit down and watch a movie, like some cool scene, you kind of go, ah, oh, I know kind of how they did that. Yeah, mm. I, I guess what I'm trying to say, it's like, you know, if I see this crazy scene, you think that's just phenomenal. Like, but you know, if you sat next to me and seen it, you'd be like, ah, oh, they've did one of those with this sort of trick. And you know, like it's just green sense. screen. These days, right. yeah. I haven't, uh, my marriage has stayed alive, but not because of my lack of interrupting every single time. And you see that guy behind there? He just moved his head to the left. I did a show with him. Or, you know, you know that, that's above that castle? That's not even there. You know, it's like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Then oh, shut up. Get out. Get out. So oh, then I have to it. So it'd go from like my friend saying, who's that guy? And you'd have to fill them into someone in the industry going, they, it's like, that didn't really happen. Do you know how they've done that? It's sort of like the inside info. Like that but guy don't didn't ruin really. It for me. Don't ruin yeah. it. Yeah, so or... I guess, yeah, in a sense, like you watch like, you know, a, a James Cameron movie or, you know, something cool like that. You sort of, you would see instantly how things are sort of done. And does that take away, you know, like in a sense? Actually, no, I don't, it, not me. I guess because yeah. I'm, I get to enjoy it on a whole other level being in it if I am or yeah absolutely uh, so no actually not uh, yeah cool I do have a habit I think I probably would have good, been a good casting director because I do this all the time my wife hates it <laughs> she said I'll say oh oh what is, what does he look like and I'll give him some <laughs> actor uh, that or I, I'm pretty right most of the time 70 percent of the time I'll say oh yeah. there's Clint Eastwood's son. I don't know that, but he looks just like him. And maybe he isn't, but most of the time like, I can catch up. Simply. What's what's that guy been? And I've seen him in lots of things. It's like, you know, sort of Raxi Brown. Because he's one of me. It's what I do. It's what I want people yeah. to do when they, when I kind of, these uh, clubs or Star Trek or something. When you're there as a Star Trek and they find out from IMDb that you've been in, like I said, there's so many other things. It's just, yeah. And, that's, and IMDb is a wonderful place because you watch a oh. film and you're like, who is that? And then you find out they've been in that, that, that. It's actually really it's fantastic. I've got a beef with them and I've been sending little notes to them to see if they could change it. Because when they have it, they say one, how many roles you've been in. Mm -hmm. hundred and some, I've been 113, but actually 143. And it, it makes a difference because they, they put you in, if they give you one role, let's mm -hmm. say the practice. I did the practice. I did three episodes of it playing the same character. So mm -hmm. that would should be one role. But other times I did three episodes, like, or two Xenas, different characters. I auditioned. Oh. They didn't just give it to me. I beat other guys out. I got the role. So I should get a part. I should have a name, my, an actual role on that one. Mm -hmm. That would mean my, my total would be about 143, much better than 113. Because, you know, if they give you the part, then it shouldn't count. If you audition for it and win it, then you should actually get to count. So like I, I did ten parts, different parts on on Xena. I did ten different. I auditioned and beat every one of them, but they only counted as one role. Hmm. When you're ten, that's amazing. Let's I, start a petition. Come on. I uh, last month I went out to eat some Taco Bell here. Uh, I am Mexican, <laughs> and we do have Taco Bell here. It's up, that's about as close to Mexican food as you can get here. But I'm eating tacos with my buddy, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you know, you got to see Squid Game. 
And he's like, dude, I'm in that. I'm like, what? He's like, yeah, pulls out his camera, starts showing me the picture. It's going to blow your mind whenever you see it. But um, I've watched it. It's really good. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with calamari because I really don't care for calamari. Calamari? (laughs) Uh, You know what? We we do eat squid quite a bit here. Uh, I I don't think it really does have anything. It has to do with this the the shape of the game. So I don't want to give it any spoilers. My daughter. My daughter and my wife watch it. They told me I'm going to have to see it, but they told me something my daughter's uh, boyfriend. She said, hey, my daughter's boyfriend doesn't cry. And this episode we just saw yesterday, he was weeping. We both were. You got to see it. Like, right. Yeah. But anyway, he told me he saw him go himself go up like, uh, he said it on there, just he wanted to make it into like the top like 5,000 or something like that. But he went oh, you mean way... The, uh... He went from way at the top, like and he had to prove that he was actually in there. And whenever, whenever we're interviewing these guys, that's what they were talking about. I've actually been in some, uh, it's like extra work here in South Korea, uh, a few times, a few movies. Um, and actually one of the scenes, I'm not going to tell you this, what the scene, but you'll know this one, Jack, the red light, green light. I've actually been in that uh, where they were playing the game. Uh, we we're oh, making cool. a movie here about... Uh, south korea uh, about a south korean winning the boston olympics so all right uh, i do have another question um okay what what was your either most memorable funny mm-hmm. or scary instances that you ever had while filming like there's something oh, like either something dangerous happened or something really funny happened there wasn't like uh what was his name recently um with the gun. oh it was a gun um uh, <laughs> what was uh, i'll tell you his name um uh alec baldwin yeah, that's oh, right. God. Yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. God. Don't go there. Yeah, that, that was horrible. But I, yeah. but I did a... This wasn't one of my incidents, but you bring him up. I did uh, The Marrying Man. It was a Neil Simon movie. And I played Bugsy Siegel's sidekick bad guy. And I had a fight scene with Alec Baldwin. And we'd worked it out with the stuntman and all the fight scene and blah, blah, blah. And he just leaned in a little bit too close once. And he took a chip, a tooth on my front tooth and... Of course, you know, the whole place blows up and he gets all upset and he, and he runs. And rightfully so, he was all freaked out about it. And I'm like trying to say, you know, it's okay, it's just a tooth. Just, you know, everything's fine. And he, he uh, was so upset. You know, I can imagine what he went through this after just the chipped tooth. How, uh, yeah. I mean, to shoot somebody is just uh, probably killing him. Killing him. Yeah. And probably making Trump very happy, though. You know what's crazy? Yeah. I know, right? But you know what's crazy? Because Brandon, Brandon, Lee. Brandon yeah. Lee died in the same circumstances. Yeah. And you would think, I mean, with as many things as they can fake, um, you would think that they would find a way to either have the, the end just totally closed off or something. But like one time, everyone could dismiss one time, like with Brandon Lee. The second time, that is so not like acceptable, you know? And actually with this movie, uh, Squid Game, I try to tell people this here because I've had about like 10 of my friends murdered from guns in in America. Yeah. And I've tried to tell people like South Korea, you could walk down on the streets at 4 a.m. and you're not going to see people free basing or you're not going to see people tagging and stuff, guns. There's nothing like that here in South Korea. So the the director of this movie, he wind up saying, I think he, he, he said this in an interview that He's never even seen like a real gun. The guns that they had on there were like just totally plastic and totally fake. You know, you, you can't just go and get access to guns here in South Korea. Um, it's like people just don't have access, you know, it's like here in Japan, you, 
You can't just walk out and go. Same. It's the same here as Australia. We don't we don't have guns. Only people that are like obviously have property to kill rabbits and kangaroos. But oh, we have it. states that allow them to carry it in here. Oh, states that can carry it and yeah, brandish it. It's okay. Say you're right. going to take it to a car lot, protect them from violence, and then shoot right. people dead and right. get away like, with it. Like for instance, but, my yeah. dad he does clay target shooting. He's got a safe in the laundry that's bolted to the floor. If he has to transport them, like it's five minutes to the gun club out the road where I'm in a little country town. It's got to be in a secure um, like cabinet. He cannot take it out of his car and just, you know, unless he's actually there, he can't just be like, oh, I'm just going to go in the post office or, you know, be carrying anything like that. Like it's very strict here. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We should so do, do that right here. Right. So I do got a question for you um, because actually, one of the, You'll see this in the movies. They have to wear these masks. Everyone's wearing masks, like in, in, the, in the show. But one of the guys who we interviewed said, "Like, I'm not going to walk up these stairs with this mask on because they said their field of vision was like looking through your fingers, like like a fist right there. So they had to accommodate these scenes because it was dangerous. So have you ever been asked to do something dangerous, um, or like just seeing acts, just stuff go down that's like really?" Uh, not safe because no, they were no, usually I'm trying to ask somebody if I can do more. You know, I do fight oh. scenes. I'm asking, come on, let me, let me go through the window. And it's like a Western. Come on, I'm gonna fight under this horse. Let me, I can do all. No, no, it's insurance. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> hey, you did go through a window though on the 13th floor. All right, yeah, yeah. but I didn't get to. Oh, someone else did. Okay, okay, mm. right, your stunt double. Um, that was oh, Gretchen. Mall, man. Oh, so, oh was... God, is she not hot? <laughs> oh my she God, was, she was like before Angelina Jolie ish kind of. Type. Oh yeah, oh. I think she's. I, I think she's. Kim Basinger too was up there. What was that? Kim Basinger in the Marrying Man I did with oh, right. Baldwin. I got to come on to Kim Basinger, uh, and she is one of those that just. Yeah, you can't talk when you're looking at her. I got to come on sleazy. Like, you yeah, know, you know, you're going to be with me sometimes, sweetie. You know, uh, I try to kiss her. It was, I, I'm apologizing the whole time. Wow. Because yeah. she's so, so sweet. Yeah, that's so interesting. Um, actually, one thing about Gretchen Mole, which I really respected her for, she, she, she was having a decent career, but then she had some kids and she's like, look, I'm not going to do this Hollywood thing anymore. Um, if there's something locally, I'll do it. But she prioritized her family. Um, over Hollywood, and I've heard of a few. Um, I think Ralph Macchio too was like that as well. He he had his family. He's like, I'll do some work, maybe some small work, but I'm not gonna. This Hollywood life is it, it's a little bit too uh, crazy and chaotic. But yeah, oh my god! And did you ever see the movie Rounders? Oh, the one uh, with uh, Edward and Edward uh, Norton and the, uh, the card thing, right? Yeah, Edward Norton and right. Yes. <laughs> I yeah. do this oh, all yeah. the time. Look at my yeah, wife. Yeah, 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 yeah. You probably. <laughs> yeah. She's in that movie. Uh, she's she's in the movie as well, and uh, she plays the guy's interest. Who Goodwill Hunting? Matt Damon. Okay, Matt Damon. Goodwill Hunting, and yeah, she she's stunning. But okay, uh, you got another question, uh, Jack? Uh, I'm just trying to think. Um... If not, I have a few more. Yeah, I'll, I'll okay. get back so, to the drawing board. Who would you want to play you in your bi biography, your biopic? Oh. Your... oh, wow. If I were famous enough to get one, you mean? <laughs> if there was really a reason to really make a film, oh, I thought it would be a great film about me, although 
I'm not famous, but stories that would go on. And I don't know. I never had that asked. Like, and this is weird. I'm not saying this for any reason, but when I've gone in and done, uh, when you do looping, you have to go in and uh, like go in and do a, a, there was a plane went over in a, in a show and they can't have a plane because it's a Western. So you go in and you loop the voice over. I get to see myself on the screen and then you put the mic on and you go, and you repeat the line oh. because the plane can't go over in 1800. Right. Or they put an add a line or a, <clears throat> I did it. I'm, I'm off the subject, but very fully loaded. I had to go in because the director no, please, said, I need please. you to, I need I'm you to do this. this, this looping. And I went and think, oh no, you don't want to go in and have to say the line again because it won't sound real. <laughs> Problem. But I get in there and he goes, I need you to, okay, right here. I need you to go, huh. And I, what? I need you to say, huh. I said, oh, okay. So I went, huh. Thank you. And seven hundred eighty dollars. I went. Ooh, it took seven hundred eighty dollars. Seven hundred eighty dollars. Oh my god! How can I do this again in every film? I'm thinking I got to get a looping every time. I have to go in and do ADR work, audio, ADR, whatever that means. That's what it's what you have on your head, and they they have you count you down. They click up, click, click, click. Then you speak, and that's when your mouth opens. It's a, it's a beautiful thing, Hollywood. Yeah. Full of fakery. Is that like around like the average for like extra work, like uh, like around a thousand dollars? An extra work is one hundred and thirty a day, I think. One hundred and thirty. Yeah, maybe one hundred and fifty. If you, you are featured, you get a little more. I never did extra, although I was thinking about it when I retired. When I came back, I thought if I don't come back and do it, because honestly, the acting made me nervous. You know, really, stomach and all the like in the theater. It went away the minute I got up there, but in movies and TV, you're there for a long time and you're in the trailer and some people like to continue to be that, but you know, you can't be a serial killer all the time. It just wears <laughs> on you. you know, so you've got to do other things and then, oh, time to come back and be this guy. Yeah. In a sense, there's, oh, there's been a lot of, yeah, good, um, great career. Any bad, like is in Hollywood, like you've noticed sort of the, the, like, what would you say would be like sort of the bad side of Hollywood? <laughs> the bad side? Oh, you don't mean directly in the streets. You mean the actual business. Why is it this doing it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get this like, down. Nepotism? Bad? Well, you know, there used to be a casting couch and, you know, mm -hmm. actors will tell you that's horrible, but, you know, just ask me once. Come on. I never got anybody wanting to put me on the couch and give me a role. But, uh, I mean, the, the, the impossibility that 95% of the big people that make it, that, that come into Hollywood, 95% will not make it. This mm -hmm. is from SAG. And if you can get past that, 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 that incredible part of it, then you're all right. And you get over the constant rejection, it'll be fine. You won't have, and don't let it affect your life because you're not getting a part or they don't, mm -hmm. they don't love me. You know, I had to, immediately upon finishing an audition, I was gone and it was over. Like everybody asked, how'd it go? I went, oh, I think I, could. I, don't know. I don't need to do that to myself. And that made it much better when they call and give you the part, though. But what, 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 okay, Marlon Brando said, it's the, best, it's the best job in the world you'll ever have if you work. And if you don't, it's the worst piece of, and he, blah. Yeah. yeah. So and, that's and, about what Hollywood is. Yeah, and actually... I, I think it was you who said, and like, and the other 5% are waitresses, 
Was that you who said that? Well, it is. It is. Okay, it's 5% will make it, and 5 will be waiters or whatever. Another job while they try to – and it's it's just the facts, and it blows. You know, but yeah. uh, if you can pass it, get by it, do yeah, it. Well, I've also heard it said that stars aren't uh, born, they're made. Because there is kind of like, or as they always say, uh, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And uh, so there's, and there's, 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 I just know, I, I know this from some other stuff, that there's just like a lot of nepotism uh, that takes place, you know. Oh, um, huge, huge. What is, there, you know, the mamas and the papas, um, the uh, uh, McKinsey. The one that Village. did a series? The one uh, of the daughters did a series one day at yeah, a time? Yeah, 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 okay, yeah, yeah, her. The her. drug habit. Mackenzie Phillips, Mackenzie Phillips. Right. Actually, that whole drug habit actually stemmed a lot from her father because she actually had like, I'm not sure if you read her book, it's called High on a Revival, but she had like an incestuous relationship with her father. And so like as adults, and, and it was a lot of it was fueled like with drug abuse and stuff. So uh, they were using drugs together actually. But, but anyway, she talks about how she got into acting and she was talking about it just for no other reason than just her dad it was who who he was that you know like god she and i'm sure you've been at some of these parties where like you know you got you don't need a name drop but you got this person over here this person over there and she's like yeah like i'm i'm like paul mccartney's at my house like like doing brownies or like uh, whatever she she tells all these crazy stories she drops i mean some people were upset with her because she dropped a lot she did a lot of name dropping you know and that's uh, pretty, pretty brutal. But I'm telling my wife to do the same thing for years now. She grew up in Hollywood. She was started uh -huh. to be an actress, but she was an ice skater in ice capades when she was like under 16. And then <clears throat> blah, 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 getting lost through her life, married and such. But because uh, she's got so many instances. I mean, her mother was Haji. Uh, she did Russ Meyer films. Uh, they, right. She did the, those boost, busty women running through the desert, shooting men in fast cars <laughs> in the 60s, you know. Actually, I have a poster of her. Faster Pussycat Kill Kill. Does that ring a bell to anyone? No, oh, but it's like sex anyway. exploitation? Sex exploitation? Sort of. It was the X-rated, yeah. but really it was R. But yeah. Anyway. And she has all these stories. She was taught a song by Cat Stevens. I mean, she grew up with uh, Herbie Hancock and all these other... Really? Like you say, the guy next door is a star. Her mother dated everybody in the world. And her mother, at, at some point, was going to marry my childhood idol. Frank Gorshin, who played the, the Riddler. The Riddler? I had grown up with him. I grew up with Star Trek. That's how they, it means so much to me. No he, way. The next thing he did was he, 50 years later, I'm on my deck of my house on a, uh, a pool having a drink with the Riddler. And mm -hmm. he's talking. I'm dropping names, but it's it's freaking making me weird. It's so amazing. He's on the phone talking to his friend, uh, Tony, uh, Tony Bennett, seeing if he can sing at his wedding. Singer? The singer, yeah, said he would sing at his <laughs> wedding to my mother-in-law. And I would have my, my father-in-law was going to be Frank Corson, the Riddler. And who also the Riddler, he did a, he did a episode of uh, Star Trek. He was the one with the white and black face. If you watched mm. any of the early Star Trek, am I dating myself? Anyway. No, yeah, uh, so. I was like, right, they, they couldn't understand till, because half of them was, was painted. Uh, the good right, and the right? black, the good and the bad. And, and, but yeah. this was my idol as a kid. I loved to watch him on Johnny Carson at night, and he'd do impressions. You know, Burt Lancaster, these famous stars, and I didn't want to be an impressionist, but little did I know, 50 years later, he's going to be my 
father-in-law, but then he smoked five packs a day and he didn't make it. Died 10 years ago. Oh, wow. Great talent. Great talent. Um, I do have kind of a bit of a, little bit of a random question here, but uh, if you could direct like any movie or if you just had like a budget, someone just slapped you down, is it like you create up any idea in your mind? Like, have you ever thought about like, oh, if I got to make a movie, uh, if I got to be behind the camera, like you ever thought about that? What would you want to do? No, it's a bummer. No, no, Never? I've seen them. I've seen what they have to do. I can't. I've witnessed no, it. And I, I, I don't think, no, thanks. Uh, people say, I think they think I could do it, but. Oh no, I, uh, I, I seem to have an opinion about everything and I could tell you if you stink, but I don't think I could tell you how to act better. Mm -hmm. So, and I don't think I would want to venture there. Uh, it's too much work, man. They are consumed. They could take 10 years to finish something. But if I had to, um, Clockwork Orange, probably. Yeah. Like, why would we make it again? It was so damn good, but. And let me ask find you this. Way. Have you really, really, like, never seen the movie The 13th Floor? Never seen it? Not, not totally, no. I told uh, my wife I was going to, I was trying to have to see it now, but, but I yeah. think I, I, I'm going to have to watch myself, yeah. and then I just run away. Here's a spoiler. You die, um, so maybe you might not want to watch it. Uh, but Well, I die 90% of the time. That's what I told my mom when she first saw me. I'm always dying. So how many times deep. have you died? Do you have Do you have any off the top of your head? How many? My daughter was twelve before she could appear on any show because she'd always want to go on the set, and I'd be killing somebody or chopping <laughs> some guy's head off or putting a <laughs> tattoo on without an aesthetic. Or you know, like no, not today, darling. She got to go on Herbie, Herbie fully Herbie. loaded because she got to skateboard with uh, Lindsay Lohan and all. It was a light of her life. Really? Wow. Yeah. Cool. She shut down a Disney production for about 15 minutes while she skateboarded with my daughter. You could just see crew and everybody like, I, I'm like, not my fault, not my fault. She said to bring her on the set, right? Wow. It was, it was so cool of her. So I always no, had that a is cool. Who do you think is the funniest person that you've met? Um, Jim Carrey? Yeah, probably. Yeah. Whoopi, I'm sure she was funny too. She seemed a bit stern, like business-like then. So, I, and I'm not one to, to like buddy up and whip my arm around and mm -hmm. say, hey, how you doing? I'm like, the, with the guys anywhere, the women, I certainly wasn't going to talk to. I, you know, I'm too shy. I couldn't walk into a room when I was a kid. I finally did uh, acting when I was 25 and, whoa, I can be anyone I want. And it sort of allowed me to speak more. Like, this here was never going to happen. Oh, if I didn't act. I couldn't, and, and to go to comic book conventions or, or signings and you're, you're up there speaking and there's 200, 300 people and it was, it's, uh, it's not as hard as it, it started out to in life. I couldn't walk into a room with, there was a girl in it, that red face and get out. But really, but then recently my wife, told, my wife showed me some pictures of me when I was younger. And this is something I never even knew. Look at this guy. Wow. He's handsome. Is that this guy is freaking handsome. Yeah. And you're six three, so that's kind of holy I should have been a model. But right. I never thought I never I never saw myself this way because you know, you're always bad guys and you're hideous or I did watch shows when I got to put on makeup because then you know I could hide. 
that that's so <laughs> that's so interesting, Jeremy. And do you, can can you attribute any part of this to um, growing up in Alabama? Because you know that's very different, quite a bit different. Uh, you're you're born in Alabama, correct? Only born. Okay, so Only where did born. you grow up? In? At two years old, my uh, I have nine uncles and aunts, and they all tried to take me away from my mother. Really, in 1954, you don't you're not born without a father because you're a you know a you know keyword. Yeah, so she hightailed it on a greyhound, two in the morning when I was about two. Didn't tell them all the way across country to Hollywood, and I grew up in uh, downtown Hollywood. So you grew in up Hollywood there. Oh. oh yeah. Okay. I was on so Alexandria. And Sunset, Santa Monica, yeah. Okay, so so then there would there couldn't be any part of that. But do, do you think that any of the um, maybe um, maybe growing up without it with, with an absent father um, did that contribute hmm. to like maybe like a lower self esteem that uh, that you you couldn't that that the acting helped you? It seems like it helped you. On a Obviously, it did. Yeah. Oh yeah, it did. But uh, the self esteem thing, I found myself I didn't realize later on you know the shows i watched and since uh, my I, I was at my mother's wedding mm -hmm. when i was seven and a half she met my father and he was my uh -huh. stepdad forever till uh -huh. all the way to the end uh -huh. and he was always burnt to me i knew he wasn't my dad mm -hmm. so i have a whole other story about what my dad was but mm -hmm. so growing up uh i watched uh andy griffith mm -hmm. father fatherless he has no no wife uh, i watched the rifleman he, he has a single father, no mother. Corchipati's father. I watched all these shows that seemed to be missing a mother figure because I had one, I guess. And they were all big, great father figures. Mm -hmm. John Wayne, of course, was huge. So I guess I was looking for a dad, maybe. When I was a so, kid. Yeah, because, and I, I hate to get too, too deep on this, but I watched... Um, some of your other interviews and i'm like i heard you saying about like wanting to blend in in the back and then at some point you're like oh i wish maybe i wish i would have done gone after some of the bigger roles and after hearing you say what you've said and seeing those pictures i'm like it's kind of kind of like bizarre you, you wouldn't have gone gotten a lot bigger like it's like it seems like maybe if you'd have had that uh, desire or maybe the confidence because i can tell you this mm -hmm. from doing this podcast I actually, a lot of times, and, and uh, Jack has seen me drinking um, on camera because I have to do it to like build up my self-confidence. So I will watch some of these episodes like 20 times and I will critique every little pause, every little stutter. I mean, I, I, it's obsessive for me. But, um, but then again, you yourself know- Yourself? What was that? Yourself, you'll be looking at yourself 20 times and, and criticizing yourself or, or yeah. the person- Oh, um, mostly myself. It's, it, yeah. it, I mean, the other person as well. But the, <laughs> the, the, the point is, is that, uh, well, a couple of things. I mean, I'm, I'm a lot shorter. Um, I think that might be contributed to it. But at 6'3", I mean, you couldn't even get into the, you couldn't even fly the planes like uh, as you wanted to uh, in, in Vietnam. Right. Um, so, I mean, that, that, that's usually one thing that really adds to someone's confidence. So do you think that there was maybe like a confidence um, issue? Like if you look back... I, I, retrospect is 2020 so you look back and you're like man i probably could have gone you know for these, some of these bigger roles if i would have um you know wanted truly wanted to pursue that because if you were good at 
acting on stage, um, a lot of actors in movies couldn't do acting on stage, right? So it seems like you had the whole repertoire there. Yeah, I just, I think what might have happened is when I mentioned, I, it all sort of happened to me, unlike most people have to struggle. It mm -hmm. just, I kept getting. So of course I would go on and get more, but uh, the agent I had was known, uh, the Gage Group, very well known. He was the, uh, the guest star agent. If you wanted a good guest star, not mm -hmm. what I'm saying that, a good guest star, you go to him. Mm -hmm. So you immediately get good people. And mm -hmm. so I immediately got the job and I, I, I kind of pigeonholed me as their bad guy. Yeah. That was a bad thing. And I never had the uh, ambition maybe to say, I can do more. They should be working harder. Hey, mm -hmm. like most people would do. Most actors would be on their agents and they would be, you know, you need to get me done. But I kept getting work. So I went, well, I brought the boat. I'm, I'm, what am I complaining about? But then I look back, look back now and I think, you know, I only read for one series, one series in front of network. And I went all the way to network and I read and the guy who ended up getting it was, um, you've seen the Goldbergs? No. You know that sitcom? He's a well-known comic actor and it was a huge series and he got it, which is okay. But I, you know, I, I got this immediate, you're going to get $36,000 a week. You're going to some huge amount. I'm, I'm dreaming. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's happening. I didn't get it. Mm -hmm. I read for Tarantino three times for uh, Reservoir Dogs. And the last time was with uh, Michael Madsen. It was between us two. And obviously Michael got it. So yeah. I was always getting a little, if I got a chance, I got that close. Mm -hmm. I didn't get that one I really wanted. I thought well, I would have had Michael Madsen's career then, I guess. But he's a good guy. I liked his sister. His sister? I had a crush on her. I got to meet her, so I... And I couldn't yeah. date her because I was too scared. Again. You mind if I ask you how long you've been married now? 26 years. 26 I think years. we were we were married on the day that they, uh, in Santa Barbara, the day they uh, let O.J. Simpson off. So, Really? Oh, my God. How do you not? Quite wow. memorable, but I always forget it. <laughs> what year is it? Oh, I was. <laughs> and, and, and how old's your daughter? He's 25 now. 25. My, we were going to have others, but it just didn't work out. So, but then I realized how hard it is. Uh, I don't know how my mom, how my mom did it with four. Well, listen to this. I, I was married to my wife and we got divorced after one year. I was alcoholic, womanizer, very bad person. Moved back to America, found Jesus Christ, came to Jesus Christ, came back to to South Korea, and on the very first night we reunited with her, she got pregnant with our daughter. So now our daughter is almost four. We've been trying, and I mean, we've been trying to have another one, but it ain't happening. So, uh, yeah, one is pretty much a handful uh, in, it, in and of itself. And actually, they don't have any books, you know, like what to expect when you're expecting. You know, that works for a while, but there's none that, that give it to you when they're in their 20s. Or, oh, man. You know, the extra company you work for sort of pigeonholed you as a bad guy. And I kind of have a bit of chuckling on myself. I'm like, well, you're not you're like, you know, you think about like some of the bad guys, like Ray Liotta, Liotta, whatever you say, you know, he's always known as that. You know, did you sort of feel at the point in your career that, you know, um, there was certain stuff that you kept coming up that you were like, I don't want to be seen in that sort of role? Or, I mean, did you have a lot of say over a lot of the, the roles that, that sort of came your way? And, I pretty much said yes to anything, unless it was 
less than where I had already worked myself to. You get to work okay. up to a point. And mm -hmm. after a yeah. few times, I, I, my resume in the beginning got me into the casting person because it had American Conservatory Theater on the bottom. And that was like Harvard Law wow. to a resume. So that, oh, you got to be able to act. So I got right. me into the audition. And then I'd get the job and I'd start coming back to those people. And then after a while, I never had to audition to the casting anymore. I go right to producers and it was just either me or the other four guys down to from a hundred they were looking at to us too. So I got to avoid all that. And, uh, but uh, you would, what was the, the point again? That's where I go. So, um, just say like, you know, you, you got sort of pigeonholed into certain sort of roles. Like, um, you know, was that something that you sort of, um, you know, was sort of always, um, you know, like, like play a bad guy or, you know, play like these sort of roles. Was it something that you sort of, you know, had a lot of control over, like, or generally, as you said. You well, I was saying that I had said yes to everything except, okay, now I remember why I said that. Um, I got offered a role of a rapist in Con Air. And uh, ah, a friend of mine, friend are. of mine, well, friend of mine, everybody's a friend once you talk and have lunch with them. But Steve Buscemi's uh, role? Is that Steve Buscemi? No, uh, Dan Danny uh, Trail. Okay. Uh, he, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then and, and in my red script, it was a rape scene. And I, I just, I had heard from friends who had done a Jodie Foster movie where they rape her in a bar years ago. I uh, can't remember the name, but it was just, they said they were seeing psychiatrists. She never had to go anywhere and talk to any doctor about it. It was okay with her. She was, mm, so what? But they had to do this scenes and it just ripped them up and made them nuts. And, and I don't, I just don't want to, there's no reason to have a, a rape scene. So I said, no, and passed up the huge money. And then, you know, I see the movie and it's not even in there. They edited it out. They cut it out. Wow. They even did it. And I went, I'm not going to say no anymore. Yeah. Actually, I, I do want to end off with one last question. Um, you don't have to go into too, de too details of this because I know this is a touchy topic, but my mom is actually a Vietnam veteran um, as well. And um, she actually serviced a lot of the guys um, who... who uh, who came back, you know, she, she suffered from PTSD um, quite substantially um, in her life. And you've done, it seemed like a lot of like war, warish or like Xena or whatever, where there's at least something going on uh, like that. Had, has any of that ever triggered any uh, of the stuff maybe um, from your past? Um, has any of that like either explosions? Nope. Or Only, uh, but not related to doing films, but uh, oh shoot. I uh, I never got any of the war films. Um, just, I couldn't understand. Here I'm a four-year Marine Corps mm -hmm, Vietnam mm -hmm. veteran, and I can't get on tour of duty, or I can't get in Forrest Gump. Or, come on, it was just mm -hmm. it didn't make sense to me. I, right, like I would have so much to offer. I mean, I, anyway, but um, I didn't get to. But I remember seeing a play once uh, before I started acting, and. Um, it was a war play, and I don't remember what it was, but then all of a sudden, all the, uh, at some point, the they had placed speakers under the seats, and these chopper sounds started, and I, I fucking started sweating. Oh, I'm sorry, I started sweating, <laughs> and I assumed hey. it was probably from that. that. Yeah. Just so you know, down in Australia, the F word is not even a curse word. It's like a comma. It's a place like for, for the next sentence to start. <laughs> Isn't that right, Jack? 
that's exactly right. Um, it's we're very uh, vulgar <laughs> sort of uh, people down here. Oh, we, here we, in California, we, we say like they say like a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah. everything like yes. like. I, I, I sort of seen a meme, you know, where you can call your best friend something vulgar and it's yeah. okay. Like, you know, that's just because it's like, you know, it's just and like you, saying, yeah, how you going? Off. And yeah. if you call a mate, then it's like, hey, they're doing something bad. But uh, right. yeah, actually, the people from the UK, they like to always act like they're all civilized and everything. But man, you talk to those guys, those guys, use so, they use words that we won't even use in America, you know, um, pretty bad ones. Reminds me of that tirade in Christmas Vacation. Do you remember that one? Yeah, he yeah, starts yeah. freaking out, Griswold, and saying every vile word that came. That took a lot of takes. That was <laughs> hilarious. I'm, I'm a big fan of Chevy Chase. That would have been would have been yeah. awesome. Hey, Jeremy, did I tell you to hear that story about that? How I like, I added a line to that show. You know that one? Oh, good. Right, please tell us. Yeah, the line is when I I, I jump in the very end in the Christmas vacation and I point mm -hmm. the gun at them and they and I say freeze, and then Beverly Angel's got her hand on. Chevy Chase's crotch, and everybody just freezes. And I'm talking to him, and I don't know how we got into it. He found out he was uh, like play golf on the computer, and he had one in his trailer. And he said, "Come on in, play with me. No one will play with me." Sounds freaky, but yeah. So we're playing this golf game, and I just start thinking of the scene, and he go, uh, "I just mentioned it." He said, "You know, you know, it'd be funny when they're all crashing in, and they're running down the steps, and I'm pointing the gun myself. Freeze! They, my guys, freeze." Mm -hmm. And I have to yell, not you, them, them. And he said, that's hilarious. I went, oh, thanks. He goes out and tells the director. He goes and tells the director. And director Jeremiah Chechik says, I, I don't really fit. But he, and Chevy goes, it's funny. I know funny. And it's <laughs> he walked off to his trailer. He was, he was great. He was yeah, great. Yeah. Of course, I thought it was never going to work again. It was, it was never going to work with this guy. Certainly. Wow. Because he looked over at me and like, no. thanks. But I, I, again, and, and people love it. So, well, uh, Jeremy, I really want to thank you for your time uh, today. I feel like I could probably ask you questions for like the next two hours, just because you know, you know, yeah. people from people from the outsiders, they hear the questions and the people who you've been. I mean, you, I heard some stories with uh, Brad Pitt. You're the first person he told he's going to uh, propose to Angelina Jolie or Johnny Depp or whatever. I, I'm serious. We could talk for hours, but uh, we really want to thank you for your time. And actually, we just started to support a, a nonprofit organization with who helps a single mothers here in South Korea. The kind of thing that you're talking about with your mom, I mean, here it's like just culturally, it's, it's culturally just not acceptable. So uh, the, 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 they might like not ever talk to their to their daughters again and so um part of that's understandable they want to really discourage that but then the other side of that there's a very human side of that which is um women with their kids with no one to help them you know and so this organization just does stuff like something very simple like just babysitting their kids so they could go out and do some ordinary stuff like that it's called kumpa actually so we're going to make a donation uh in your name to there because oh. one of the uh, oh yeah, one of the VIPs from Squid Game, he actually did start talking about that, about what it was like uh, growing up as a single, in the home of a single mom. And then my mom, the Vietnam veteran uh, that I was talking about, she was actually a single mother for a time, so um, before she met my father. So uh, we really want to thank you for your time and oh, <laughs> some sure. very, it was a blast. very funny stories. So, those are some very 
great story. I, God, I, would, I wish I had another two hours to talk to you. I would talk to you because it was so fun. But yeah, anyway, that okay. being said. Let me get a drink. And I'll... How we can find you online. Oh, I, I, my wife does all that. Uh, JeremyRoberts.com. I haven't even looked at that site, but there's a Facebook, Jeremy Roberts Official. Mm -hmm. uh, she's posting stuff all the time. I put pictures. and right. Yeah. So. We'll put links to all that in here. And uh, yeah, thank you for joining us today. And Oh, uh, sure. We want to thank you for joining us today at Archie Podcast. You can check us out at www.archiepodcast.com. Check us out on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Spotify. Just about anywhere you can find someone, you can find us. So uh, we look forward to seeing you back again. And thank right. you for your time. Goodbye. And uh, cool. thank you to your mom. Thank you.